0: Listening to a four x four radio network podcast. Are you ready? It's the G Talk Show
1: with G Mama, Josh, and Tony. So sit back,
2: strap in, and, and brace, brace yourself. yourself. This episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, your authority in late model Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned to later in this episode to learn how you can win a $3,000 shopping spree for your Wrangler from extremeterrain.com.
1: Ooh, $3,000. That's a bunch. That's a lot. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but a Jeep, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform
0: and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Wait, 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 just (laughs) a minute here. I swear we were just doing this. I mean, it was just Friday. I swear to God, it was like yesterday. It was like Friday or something. I I was just getting off work, looking forward to a four-day weekend, and then like Christmas happened, and then bam, now we're back already? Yep. Well, you know, Josh, time flies when
1: you're drunk and naked. I'm sorry. Oh, wait a minute, no. I, I misread that. Uh, when you're uh. having fun. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tammy, was this as fast for uh, for you?
2: Yeah, it was, especially when you're getting Jeep presents, like I did. But you know what? You guys are going to have to wait till later in the show to find out mm. what I got for Christmas. Tammy's but you know, hey, Tony, five
1: presents. I
2: know. <laughs> no, not that many, but. Tony, let's help Josh out and our listeners by telling them what we're going to be doing on today's show.
1: Well, Tammy, you just have to cool your jets because I want to tell you guys something. Something important. Well, I don't know. It's important to to us. Uh, So before we get into today's show, this episode is a bit of a milestone for us. This is episode 365. So that means... Wow. Hold on. Carry the (laughs) two. That That's means one, one year. You could right? listen to an episode of the Jeep talk show every day for a year. Now, I know you nerds wow. are saying out there, reminding me about leap year, but screw you. It, it doesn't fit. <laughs> the math doesn't Excuse fit.
0: Excuse me, Tony. There's actually there's 364 days in one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, 365 and a quarter I think is how it goes. So you can you can listen to 15 minutes of the of another show. So uh anyway, this uh, that's a big deal. I think that's a huge deal to have 365 episodes. Uh and and, and I don't know. Uh you know, it's not it's not like me to deviate from uh from what I'm talking about, but uh, I did the math and uh we are 51 episodes short for our anniversary, which is an 8-year anniversary which is also happening about this same time. So eight years, the Jeep Talk Show uh, has been in weekly production with a couple of uh, breaks that we took. I took a break, yeah. and then Josh and I took a break, and uh, Josh, it, it
0: totaled up to 51 episodes. It doesn't seem like it was that long, I swear. I, I was like, I, It was only like a two weeks that we were off, wasn't it? Yeah, but no. exactly. Uh, I, I, <laughs> hey. Yeah, just about so- a year, and, and then with, uh, with us taking a little hiatus, yeah, it, I guess it adds up. Yeah.
2: Since Tony got a break and Josh got a break, do I get a break? Uh, you, I
1: think I've been uh, tracking that, and you're two more uh, days off, and it will be oh, equal I'm... to
0: 51.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I should have my mouth, huh?
0: coincidentally, <laughs> I think it was, uh, wasn't it like around episode 54 or something that Tammy joined, or was it 154 or something?
2: I think it was 150. Yeah, 150, I think is when you guys interviewed me, was 150. first time
1: yeah and uh that was pretty cool because we actually had to ship the couch to tammy's house
0: Uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah her husband was freaking out when that casting couch showed up she she didn't (laughs)
1: understand why there was a camera and a couch
0: (laughs) for the interview it's
1: part of the motif of the show. You'll understand. Right, right. <laughs> uh uh-huh. All right, so uh, let me tell you what's on this episode. Uh, <laughs> we are going to have an interview with GR8, or Great Innovation. Uh, and uh, they do they make this flag mount for a JK. It's really, really cool. I watched the video about it tonight, uh, so uh, I'm kind of excited. And uh, <laughs> we've got a bad Santa and some Uh-oh. broken records in this week in Jeep. Uh, Tammy answers a listener question from her award-winning winning blog in Wrangler Talk. Did you remember the award-winning Tammy, or did Josh put that in?
2: Uh, Josh must put that
0: in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Look at me looking out. I for know. Else. I That's always she always forget guys, forgets that. You know. So you guys always remember. Never, Thank never you. hide your light under the bush or whatever. However it yeah. goes. So um, <laughs> part three of getting your ham license segment with uh, uh, Josh or Hosh Nazi. and uh, Nikki G eats an onion. No, seriously, I thought it was an apple, but his reaction, I'm pretty sure that was an onion. So, uh, and of course, much, much more.
0: Local Jeep news, national Jeep news, and news from around the world, it's This Week in Jeep. And This Week in Jeep is brought to you by Amazon.com. Hey, did you not get what you were looking for uh, for Christmas this year? Well, we got your back. Just head over to JeepTalkShow.com, click the Amazon icon that you see there, and it'll be taken straight over to Amazon.com, where you can go ahead and, well, get yourself that present that you always wanted. And you're going to uh, do, do us a little favor as well by help supporting the show. Anything you purchase using that button, well, it's going to help uh, support the show, and we thank you in advance. Well, Jeep is once again breaking some records. Well, not the kind you put on the turntables, but uh, next best thing. Fiat Chrysler Automobiles is expected to put an exclamation point on a banner year of sales with a strong showing in December, but, of course, by Jeep. Forecasters are predicting weather patterns all the time, but did you know there are also meteorologists who predict the ever-shifting currents in the automotive markets too? Well, they don't have fancy weather degrees or a PhD in climatology. In fact, these are probably the number-crunching geeks who ambitiously took on those statistics classes uh, in uh, college everybody else avoided like the plague. Sales in, uh, at Fiat Chrysler should rise 11% in December compared with the year earlier, according to projections from Cox Automotive the parent company of Autotrader.com and Kelly Blue Book. This is likely going to be almost solely on the shoulders of Jeep, Shocking, whose rich lineup of SUVs have been playing right into the shift in consumer demand from cars to pickups and SUVs. J.D. Power and L.M.C. Automotive predicts also that SUVs and pickups will comprise roughly 72% of all vehicle sales in December, the third straight month above 70%. If we take a look back just five years ago, car versus truck and SUV sales were split about 50-50 right down the middle. My, how times change. The all-new Wrangler has been a hit since its launch in April. Uh, An FCA spokesman reported earlier this week that dealers and the auto workers in Toledo combined to make 2018 a great year for the Wrangler nameplate. There was no mention of the Jeep talk show, of course. The Jeep has uh, Jeep has sold a record 222,000 Wrangler units alone through November and was expected to continue its momentum in December. We, of course, will have to wait until mid-January before those numbers will be released and verified.
2: You know, my son works at CarMax and he said, um, I forget what the other car is, but there's two vehicles that they always put in the front lot because they know they're going to sell. And the Wrangler is one of them. Yep. Yeah. I don't doubt it. Oh, I it's doubt it's such bit.
1: an iconic vehicle. I mean, uh, it's it's uh, something you recognize when you uh, the first you first see it. And I think everybody would like to have one. I, I don't think that's a, a wishful statement, and I don't think it's inaccurate. I think everybody at some point in their life goes, you know, I'd like to have, have one of those. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, and, and Tammy, you may have gone through this. I think a lot of people go, you know, they're in their 40s, maybe late 40s, maybe 50s, maybe even older, and they go, I'm just I'm just too old for this. That's that's a kid's toy. And No,
0: no, no, no. No,
1: it's not not at all. So no. uh, if we have listeners out there and you're going, well, I, I, would, I would just – love to do it but i'm getting ready to die i'm I'm 40 <laughs> so yeah. i'm too old for this no it goes the other way around insurance mm-hmm. is cheaper as you get older yeah. <laughs> it's better for the for having for a, sure. uh, for a jeep you know uh, because uh, you know you can actually afford it i think i was looking at spending 75 a month when i was like 20 years old and i wanted the jeep and at the time 75 a month was about 50 dollars more a month than what insurance costs for liability
0: Well, right, they were still printing money on seashells back then. Uh, Right. It was Monopoly money. (laughs) (laughs) Well, she was not the Santa that we wanted, or even really needed for that matter. Ordinarily, I like to highlight Jeepers who take it upon themselves to do something selfless during the holiday season. You've heard me mention countless stories over the years of Jeepers doing toy, coat, and food drives, and delivering goods from their Jeeps, oftentimes in caravans of Jeeps. Stories of Jeepers collecting presents of all shapes and sizes to be delivered to kids and families less fortunate, oftentimes right in their own hometown. This year, a story came to the forefront which seemed to eclipse many of the others, but it was not because of the Jeep involved or even the amount of presents involved, nor did this particular story garner my attention for the timing of the story, which just so happened to fall on Christmas Eve. It was, however, solely because of the driver of this one Jeep whose deeds themselves warranted my scrutiny. And I'm sorry, Tony, for this one comes right out of your home state. Now, I'm going to stop right here and I'm going to take back one previous statement as the amount of presents involved in this one story actually should probably be commended. But as we get a little deeper into this tale, we find the reasons why those presents were in the Jeep to begin with were not as merry as one might hope. Police were called to a neighborhood in New Braunfels just outside of San Antonio, Texas at 4.30 a.m. Sunday morning after receiving reports of a person tampering with mailboxes. Spoiler alert, it wasn't Santa. When they arrived, they found 42-year-old Lana Krupka in her Jeep Wrangler, which was stuffed to the roof full of packages, envelopes, and other parcels of mail, according to the report. The addresses on the packages showed they had been taken from just two subdivisions in the New Braunfels area, Caprock and Legend Pond, police said. The would-be Santa further proved she was more grinch than anything when police searched her and subsequently arrested her, or put more charges on her anyways, for the drugs they found on her person. Nope, we're sorry, Mrs. Claus, we're not buying the excuse that that's just powdered sugar from all those cookies. No, the male thief was found to be packing methamphetamines as well. Now, at the time of the recording of this show, she remains in the Guadalupe County Jail on $15,000 bail. A public information officer for the USPS said that Krupka had worked as a rural carrier associate for four years before her arrest and said she was, quote, unquote, in a non-duty status. The inspector general's office is also investigating the matter, and federal charges are likely pending. All packages and mail were released from evidence by Sunday evening and were on their way to being delivered to their rightful owners.
1: Wow. Wow. Congratulations on uh, pronouncing, pronunciating those uh, Texas towns pretty good
0: was that anywhere close yeah no it
1: was not the guadalupe uh new brunsville uh I, you know I, i'm sure i'm not getting them exactly right it's like the uh it's like the mexican-american uh uh, uh newscasters you know they they're they have this great pronunciation of everything and, and until they get to their name and it's just all this this beautiful uh latin yeah, roll twang. R's yeah, and yeah and you yeah, go everything. oh my god what the hell <laughs> this happened <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of sad. I always hate seeing um, nefarious things going on with uh, with Jeeps. It you know, it's it's, it's, it's kind of like seeing your somebody uh, somebody in your family, a uh, third uncle or something oh, that's yeah. you know doing something they shouldn't be.
0: Yeah, it's and it's odd. This last year, 2018, I've seen a, such a rise in Jeep crime. It's it's not even funny. I mean, the, the amount of stories that are popping up. Uh, just seem to be coming more and more crime related when I'm, you know, I'm searching for Jeep stories and uh, it's sad to see. And especially when it's something like this and you've got, you know, somebody who's, you know, for all intents and purposes, a a public service uh, officer here, you know, I mean, they're, they're, you know, mail, mailman is somebody you'd expect to trust and whatnot. And they're actually stealing the things that they're supposed to be delivering to you. I mean, that's messed up And, and not to mention just the amount that was there something tells me this is probably not the first time that she's done this. So, well, you know,
1: sometimes the myth doesn't add up.
0: No. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh, if you goodness. guys have a news tip, perhaps a <laughs> joke like Tony's got or a response to any one of our stories, <laughs> be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com/contact and find out how. Comedy Gold Jerry. it's Comedy Gold. <laughs> Not. (laughs) Hey, coming up later in the show, interview with John, the president and CEO of Great Innovations. And now it's time for some Radio Com Tech.
1: All right, Ham Wannabes, we're back for uh, segment three of uh, How to Get Your Ham Radio License and uh, Josh is joining us again. If you've already forgotten, Josh is uh, also known as HoshNazi. He's licensed operator since 2007 as KI6NAZ. He's a very enthusiastic ham and likes experimenting with all facets of amateur radio. You can find Josh on social media at Instagram, Twitter, Facebook as HoshNazi. That's H-O-S-H-N-A-S-I. Josh is probably best known for his fun and informative videos on YouTube at uh, youtube.com slash and uh, And Josh, you actually do live uh, videos uh, where you have an audience and stuff uh, every yeah. week. 7 so,
3: p.m. on Fridays Pacific Standard Time. So sorry for you guys on the East Coast.
1: <laughs> That's all right. The, they get used to it. But uh, it's a lot of fun, and uh, Josh has a lot of fun. He uh, he tried frying himself uh, this past uh, this <laughs> this past week, which that was very uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, what was that? That was uh, using a string of Christmas lights as an antenna.
3: Yes. So I'm starting a new segment called Will It Antenna. So you <laughs> you give me a, a, an interesting idea to make an antenna out of, and I'll try it. Now, it was totally safe, but to those watching, they saw lots of uh, spurts and video distortions and all that. That's because, well, the antenna's safe, I'm safe, but the equipment that's uh, doing the streaming is totally super affected by the, the RFI, the radio frequencies in the air in my office. So that was the big problem.
1: Yeah, it was really funny, and it was a lot of fun. I, I got in on it this time, and I was able yep. to, to watch. so It was a lot of fun. So now this week, we're going to be talking about uh, how can you be sure you're ready to take the test? Nobody likes to go and embarrass themselves on a a test. Uh, And and by the way, you you really shouldn't have to worry. Uh, Just a little bit of studying. I think I studied like three weeks uh, just reading uh, out of a book because it was long before the internet when I was doing mine. And I had the test, no problem. The Morse code uh, requirements is what got me, which don't panic. You don't have to learn Morse code to pass a test these days. That was just way back
3: Yeah, we should have uh, mentioned that up in (laughs) number one. Don't worry about Morse code. (laughs) There's no longer a requirement for Morse code. Yep.
1: So, uh, Josh, how can people know that they're ready for the test?
3: The easiest way, thank technology, thank the internet. We have practice tests that you can take all over, both websites and apps on your phone. Uh, I generally say once you get to the point of passing these practice tests about 75% of the time, you're ready. The reason is, when you go to take a test, you're going to be a lot more thorough. You're going to be slower. You're going to take your time, and you will get those questions right. The seventy five percent is really the the barrier, I think, for for going and being prepared.
1: And uh, uh, something that a lot of people may not know, you can take more than one test while you're there.
3: Yes, so it's usually about ten dollars. The VECs charge about $10 and that's just for operation costs so $10 lets you take the technician license if you pass the technician license they'll say do you want to take the general now the general is a step up in the technical ability but like we said in a segment before here how far are you from the licensing location if you're pretty far out it might be best to study for one two, possibly three of the license right up front so that you don't have to make that 100 mile drive again or, or whatever so yeah, ten dollars to get started, and you can you know go through all the license for that one fee.
1: Now here's a situation for you, Josh. I've I've mm-hmm. studied my ass off, and I know I got this information forward and backwards. I go in and I'm just nervous, or something happens, I don't know, and I miss the technician getting the technician
3: license by like one question. I I,
1: yeah. I, I know I can a- answer these things. How long do I have to wait before I can uh, take another run at it?
3: Well, the good news is you you generally don't. Um, what'll happen is the VEC who's ever in charge of taking the test, they're gonna grade it. They're gonna see maybe you missed one or two, uh, and they're gonna kind of tell if you're if you look confident or not. Remember, these are people who are doing this a lot. They've they've been doing this for a while. Generally, they'll ask you, hey, how do you do? You feel confident in this, or have you studied? And and if you if you say you've been studying, what they'll often say is. Well, you can just retake it right now, and now you got to pay that fee again—that ten-dollar fee—and they'll maybe ask you, "Hey, do you want to cram for a couple of minutes and, and maybe go pa- go over a section you did poorly on?" And then they'll let you take the test again. Now it's a it's a varied test; it'll they'll take questions from the pool, a different set of questions, so that you know it's not just the same test right. again. Right? Yeah. Uh, but then you're good to go. So if you failed the first technician attempt and you repaid, did it again, and passed. Well then you could just go on and take the general at that point if you if you were so desired.
1: And you can go all the way to the top level the the yep. Eagle Scout of uh
3: <laughs> family Eagle Radio, the, Scout that's right amateur extra. Yeah,
1: <laughs> amateur extra. Well Josh thanks a lot and uh, you guys shouldn't worry about failing but we wanted to cover that just cuz it's a concern, you know, nobody wants to have to go that especially if you're driving a long way to go take that test. So oh, I, as yeah. you can, as you can see it's it's really made very easy to, to get a ham license. The only thing they don't do is tell you the answers.
3: Yeah. These are all people that want you to be licensed. (laughs) Everybody wants you to be in the hobby. They're super into it. They're very welcoming. They're helpful. Uh, They're not going to give you the answers and you can't just slip them a handy and get it done. Um, (laughs) But still, they're they're very helpful and and welcoming.
1: And also, too, I don't think we said the VECs, the voluntary examiners, uh, are amateur radio operators, right?
3: Yeah, you know, we love acronyms. Let's throw some more around. Yep. They're they're vo- they're all volunteers. They're hams just like you. They're usually one um license higher than whatever test they're um giving.
1: Mm-hmm. So, it's a really easy thing to do and uh the, so uh we're next week we're going to talk about we're going to make we're going to do a safe assumption that you did pass your test and you're going to want to pick your first amateur radio.
3: Ooh, the fun stuff. <laughs>
1: Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we're going to be doing uh, the most simple mod there is to the 707-horsepower Grand Cherokee Trailhawk. Is that removing the spring on the uh, the throttle so it just stays down all the time, Josh? I guess we'll just, yeah, have, well. To, just have to wait and find out. And the results uh, you will have running for the nearest Jeep dealership for a test drive. So that sounds like lots of fun.
0: You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You know, we're always asking you to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network. Well, it's for good reason, too. There's a ton of great shows there to check out besides ours. Tell your friends, too. We've got something for everybody at 4x4radionetwork.com. How about the On the Trail podcast? Oh, oh, and Trail Chasers is there, too. The Center Steer podcast is a lot of fun as well. Don't forget about Dan and the 4x4 podcast. Lots of great off-road shows, and it's all for free. It's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there.
3: Shut
0: up and listen. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Shut up, Shane. Hey. Shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G Mama.
2: So, Tony and Josh, I'm going to pat myself on the back here and share with you um, a comment I got. I think it was today. Um, It was on YouTube. And this subscriber writes Thank you for all your videos. You are so much better and down-to-earth than so many macho sites. I read your blog, my award-winning blog, and it answered (laughs) a lot of questions I have. And he asked if I have a Facebook group where people can ask more questions, and I actually sent them over to the Jeep Talk Show um, Facebook page because it's safe there. You can go there, you can ask whatever question you want, and no one's going to give you grief. So with that said, he also then reached out to me on Facebook, and he wanted my advice on what direction to go with his Jeep build, and I thought I would just share this. This is my opinion on how I think he should, the steps he should take, and I thought maybe Tony and Josh could um, jump in after I um, read all what he had to say and my answers, because I think I also told him to come listen to us, and I thought... Tony and Josh, you would have a lot of great advice. So here we go. He says, can you give me advice on what direction to go with his Jeep build? He bought a new JKU Rubicon in 14. He uses it as his daily driver all the time and have only been off-road kind of twice on very easy trails because he was worried about scratching or breaking something and not being able to get back home. Now that it's almost paid off, He's less afraid of getting scratches, but not really wanting to break anything yet. He doesn't live any near any trail, so he's not expecting to be doing much, much of the trail riding like I do. His tires are stock, BFG mud tires, and he doesn't mind the noise too much. Even though people walking turn to see what's coming down <laughs> the road, it makes him feel a little weird, but I'm sure he'll get over that soon. His tires are wearing down a lot, and he's going to have to buy new tires next year. He loves the look of 35s, but knows he's going to have a lift to clear things to put the 35s on. Plus, he's going to need a new bumper and tire carrier since the stock spare holder can't hold the weight of the bigger wheel. And Jeeps don't get great gas mileage, I found out, but it sure is a lot of smiles per gallon, and going topless with my soft top is a great feeling in the summer. So I guess what I'm asking for is your advice and wisdom, which thank you very much. I didn't realize I had wisdom, but I guess I do. you should now, um, should I now buy 32-inch tires or beg, borrow enough money to buy a lift, wheels, tires, a rear bumper, and carrier? Then I know I'm going to want to f- change the front bumper too because the stock is so ugly that I know my gas mileage will suck a bunch for daily driving and no off-roading which reminds me do you have to buy a tuner after you all the upgrades to gain back some engine power i've been reading so many forms and there's so much confusion some people say one thing and some say another he's been told that he can't fit 33 inch tires without rubbing if he goes off-roading some people say 35s will fit with a leveling kit and no trails now those two last questions tony and josh i'm probably going to have to have you answer later But my advice to him is if you don't do a lot of rock crawling type off-roading, your stock Rubicon is so capable, even if you just do mild rock crawling Now, the clearance under your Jeep mainly comes from bigger tires. So, I mean, I feel if you go with a 35, you're going to need a lift for sure. But with those stock Rubicon tires, it will give you a lot of lift or a lot of clearance um, than like the Sahara or the, the sport. And if you're not doing a lot of rock crawling, like I said, that clearance I think is going to be plenty fine. And you really don't need to worry about breaking a lot of stuff. If you're really careful and you choose your lines. Now um, the lift and tires and the rear tire carrier is so costly and it costs a lot of money that um, all at once, because you're going to, most likely have to do all three of those things at the same time. Now, I believe getting to know your Jeep's capability while off-roading as a stock vehicle is so important. Um, It gives you the confidence of knowing that you're picking the right lines and you're not going to get careless when you finally lift it because you're going to know what your Jeep can do. So for me personally, I would just go ahead and get new Um, the 32s or 33s, some people call them. And it's going to give you enough clearance to do that off-roading. And then you can ease your way into modification slowly for your pocketbook. I know as um, a Jeep addiction, that's really hard to do. And you might want to start out with getting like your oil pan or transmission skid plate if you're worried about protecting underneath your Jeep um, that's one place that is not covered by the stock skid plates. You might want to also get rock rails to help protect your, the frame because there's no protection there. Also, a more fortified diff cover, that's one of the weak points because the stock diff covers have a tiny, tiny little lip that could grab onto those rocks and pull it off. And then slowly go into your rear tire carrier, get a new bumper in the back to support those bigger tires when you eventually get the lift. And then, of course, the new front bumper, which is actually the first thing I did because I wanted to make my Jeep unique to me. And you wanted to have those tow points, which are so important when you're off-roading. And the stock front bumper tow points aren't really that great. So a new bumper will help with those tow points. Now, I know these are small and s- small changes, and it's slow, and I think doing these small changes here and there instead of doing all of them at once is going to help with that Jeep addiction of buying stuff because when you do it all at once, you're like, okay, what's next? And then you're out of money, and you're out of, I mean, I know there's always things to do, but you're out of money. So doing things slowly, I think, will help with that addiction of wanting to upgrade. And another thing is Extreme Terrain, um, their episode Throttle Out, explains a lot about the components necessary to correct possible issues when you do lift your Jeep. Um, They talk about control arms to track bars and drag links and all that stuff underneath and Ryan Huck explains how each of these pieces are going to affect your Jeep and the ride quality. And there's going to be a link in our show notes for that. And now getting back to, because I, I don't feel like I'm confident enough to answer your question about the 30. I Actually, I don't think the 33-inch tires are going to rub when you're on the trails. Because I ran 33s when I was stock, and I don't ever remember rubbing but as far as thirty fives and a leveling kit, um, I don't know much about that. So Tony and Josh, I don't know if you guys have anything to add. No, not a thing.
0: No, you, uh, you really did. Uh, <laughs> co- you, you really covered thanks, a lot Tony. of bases, uh, though, Tammy. <laughs> on, honestly, um, I, I will say, I will say this: Tammy's advice about getting to know your vehicle in its stock form is exceptional advice if you are new to off-roading if you're new to Jeeps even and, and maybe you, you you know you had a, an off-road rig before you, you had it on the trails a couple times but you're new to Jeeps really wheel it in its stock form you get to know the vehicle you get to know its idiosyncrasies you get to know what it can and can't do you get to know the vehicle's attitude when it's off camber how it reacts when it approaches obstacles and stuff you really get to know where the corners are how the vehicle is going to perform all this stuff you can't really get an understanding of that when you've had the jeep for a little while you've never really had it off road but maybe once or twice and then all of a sudden you jump right into 35s with a five inch lift kit and you know all this stuff and and you really are putting yourself into a caliber of wheeling that you're not necessarily prepared for uh as far as seat time goes your vehicle is going to be way more prepared for it than you are and uh well that's going to paint a picture uh, opening the door for a lot uh, of of possibilities for, for issues you know a damage at least is a trail damage So, um, I'm a big proponent for wheeling it in stock form as well. Um, If your tires are almost, you know, due for a change, I I agree with Tammy's advice. Once again, stick with the 32s or 33s. Um, There are budget boost kits out there, very inexpensive lift kits that require, uh, you know, basic hand tools and an afternoon with your buddy in the driveway to install. It doesn't require, you know, a lift and an ASE, you know, certification or anything like that. Um, and it gives you a little bit more clearance, gets you that sort of uh, you know, attitude of the vehicle that uh, you might be looking for and stuff and it be able to stuff in some 33s, possibly even a metric 34 or something like that. So um, it opens up the, uh, the possibility of you know changing the vehicle, modding it up, getting some new tires on, and stuff under there, uh, but without breaking the bank on you know a thousand dollar lift kit uh, or more. heck even that rear bumper can cost you a thousand dollars or more. So you know when we start getting into lift kit, new tires, front and rear bumper, uh, and even some armor, well we're looking at you know three or four thousand dollars easily. Uh, that you, you especially if you start throwing wheels and stuff in there as well. Um, I am also a big proponent for armoring up that Jeep in its stock form. I wheeled with a guy for years and years and years who had a stock LJ um, Rubicon, and all he did to it was armor the ever loving piss out of it. And that Jeep, he drug over the most insane terrain that I was seeing guys on 37s having a hard time, and he was on 32s. So, it, lockers front and rear, you're covered, you've got the traction, you just need the armor, and you need some seat time.
1: Well, Tammy, you screwed me again. Uh-oh. I was uh, patiently waiting for you to get through all them words that you were saying so I could say, nope, the first thing you do is tow points. And you uh-huh. screwed me, and you mentioned it.
2: <laughs> I said it. Because you know why? As soon as I, the funny thing is, I must have been channeling your brain. Because as I was saying, the front bumper and the reason I got it, because I wanted to make my Jeep unique, that really wasn't the full reason. Is It's because I do remember people telling me how tow points were so important. And that's actually one of the main reasons I did get it. So I, I think you telepathically it's, reminded you're
1: going to get stuck i don't care what you do what you have right. uh, you're going to get stuck and you're going to need some way to get uh pulled out of there and and you don't want to do that to your axle or somewhere else or <laughs> wrap the, the cable around the cab of the of the jeep it's just they say it's not going to be pretty and 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 tammy you learned another valuable lesson getting those bumpers you learned that you have to tighten the d-rings properly otherwise uh. they'll fall off <laughs> yeah.
2: Or someone will <laughs> steal them. I still, to this day. So I, I got a question. One day for, I'm going to prove it.
1: Go I ahead. got a
0: question for both of you guys. Now y- I heard you guys both use the term toe points. Uh, out out here in, in Oregon, you no, know, we, we call them toe hooks or recovery points. I, I haven't, oh, heard, uh, I haven't heard. I yeah. haven't heard. heard I haven't heard toe points uh, before. So I, I don't know if that's a regional thing or something.
1: Oh, I've said it here on the show many times. Yeah, oh, but
0: it is it is I don't listen to what it you guys re- say. Yeah, I yeah.
1: know what you mean.
2: Josh never listens. like he's like my husband.
1: I was I was putting stickers on my on my uh, Bill Stein shocks while uh, while you were doing the uh, this week in Jeep. Uh-huh.
2: Uh-huh.
0: But you are <laughs> oh, is correct. this segment yes, over I should the push the button, button. Oh, I tease. Uh-huh.
1: No, but seriously, I wouldn't uh I th- and I think you both will agree with this. Um, when you make a modification, you you, you start a chain of events. <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's yes, going indeed. to that is going yes. to ultimately require you to do a lot of things, and then and then there's going to be things that that are not required to do that you gotta do anyway because JoJo down the street has this you know monster sticker that I have to have on my Jeep too. So. <laughs> Uh, but uh, so I would not go 35s Uh, if you need tires I would go with 33s I think uh, at least in the TJ world and I can't help but believe that the same would be true for JKs that 33s will easily fit on on a uh, a, a, on the JK or JKU and I believe that you will be able to wheel it that way but you can always use bump stops which was not mentioned you can always increase the bump stop, which is basically just a bumper that keeps the axle from going too high where the tire will get into uh, the flares or the fender or whatever. So, and bump stops don't cost that much, and it's a great way to learn your Jeep anyway. Uh, you're going to be changing the bump stops out uh, eventually anyway. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I love the idea of, of just going out there stock because there's nothing better than going out on the trail and busting somebody's chops with thirty-seven-inch tires <laughs> in your stock vehicle. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and and like they were saying, uh, it, it, it's just not a good idea. I mean, even if you won the lottery and you you, you pulled it into a shop and said, "Give me the works," it, it does, It's not the same. Uh, mm-hmm. You 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 want to pick that stuff out. You want to go to different manufacturers uh, because somebody has something a little nicer than somebody else, or it fits your your vision better it's just it's just fun the the journey i mean we've said it so many times before exactly. the journey of building the jeep is a lot of fun even if you don't turn a wrench just right. picking the stuff out and making it yours is uh, and and having that thing where people are looking at you and asking you questions about oh what is that or what did you put there and oh i've never seen that manufacturer before uh, what, what what's it called again that type of thing it's just fun
2: and I know a lot of people I've heard and seen where a lot of people, they're you know their first and only time, or their first time, and other times, they're wheeling brand new lifted jeeps and they've never wheeled stock before, and they're damaging their jeeps and they don't understand why. it's because it's the driver, not the jeep. So learning stock and taking it slow and getting to know your jeep is so important. With that said, somebody else who needs to learn how to drive his jeep so he doesn't break Uh-oh. it oh Oh no Did I? can we erase that can you words
1: i'm gonna put an echo on it
2: <laughs> so anyway just kidding Nikki g um because i'm gonna be seeing him probably in may and he's gonna do something really bad to my jeep i know it but he's coming up later in our show
1: <laughs> i wonder uh you know we should we should uh send him uh about um gosh a metric ton of tinfoil, uh, so he could actually tinfoil tin foil my jeep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> jeep Mama's that is jeep. a marvelous idea. I am fully on board. <laughs> I am Josh from the Jeep Talk Show, and I support this message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gee! So you know, hey,
1: we got a review, guys. Uh, it's not like we—it's like not like we've never had one, but it's been a while. Spell. Yeah, it's been a dry spell. Uh, and, and this isn't technically a review. Facebook, uh, the, our, our Facebook page, you can do a review or you can do a recommends. And this is actually a recommends. So Kevin S. gave us a, a, a recommends or recommended the Jeep Talk Show. And in that, he says, Jeep Talk Show is just outstanding.
2: Oh, Yay. wow.
1: <laughs> it's not only educational, but fun. I think that he, there may be some eggnog involved. Is this, this came in on December 23rd. So just oh. just want to mention, you know. <laughs> So the technical knowledge is mixed with humor and awesome interviews helps to feed the need of everything Jeepers crave for. I need to use that in a promo. That's well written. So we should hire him. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and, and by the way, uh, if you go over there to our Facebook page, you can see this beautiful picture uh, that uh, Kevin included of his beautiful red JL in that Wait post. a
2: minute. Wait a He's minute. He's lying. Liar. No, it's red. Liar. <laughs> Clearly color t- Take your I rose think. color glasses I was off.
1: just thinking that, Tammy. You know, it all looks red if you wear red glasses. Oh, <laughs> it's green. It's a bright color, though. So, you know, I'll give him kudos for having a bright color Jeep. That's the way Jeep should be. Jeep should be seen early and often. Hey,
4: I listened to your show last night. Great show. Uh am all for that in line six. Anyway, uh, so I just want to tell you guys you know, a good job. Keep it up. My Keith Robinson from West, West Virginia Talk to y'all later about
1: It's so cool that people all over the country And really all over the world listen to us um, Well not in those countries That don't uh, allow explicit ratings But Australia does so.
0: <laughs> I was going to say West Virginia is not a country I mean it's clearly a state in this country uh, He might have an accent Tony But come on <laughs> You got tech questions? Ah, uh, what do I have? We have answers. Oh, that's good. because I, I It's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. What if I don't want all-wheel drive? Oh, jeez. <laughs> I'm not whining. Yeah. Hey, how do you... How, this is all about how to do a, a two-wheel rear-wheel drive burnouts in your very expensive Grand Cherokee Trackhawk because I know all of our listeners are driving those. Uh, but no, this is actually some really cool information out there. Uh, and But this is also going to apply to some other vehicles, which will get mentioned here in this segment. So uh, even though uh, the majority of our listeners aren't rolling uh, these 700 horsepower Grand Cherokee Trackhawks, they might know somebody who is uh, or one of these other vehicles.
1: You. How dare you? You don't <laughs> know the demographics. They may, There's there may be a lot of them listening to it going 707 horsepower down the freeway right now. Oh, uh huh. Yeah. I envy you. <laughs> the jeep
0: grand cherokee trackhawk comes with 295 45 r20 tires in all four corners The Pirelli street compound tires proven to provide asphalt gripping traction without question. And with 707 horsepower on demand in the beast, you'd think one would be able to roast the tires to one's content. But nay nay, I say. Despite having all that power, you also have Jeep's legendary transfer case technology behind it too. And trying to break that kind of traction combination ain't gonna be easy. Let's just say you're going to need a whole team of boat anchors holding the Jeep in place if you're thinking of pulling off a smoke show with a Trackhawk. So why not just buy a Hellcat Charger, one might say. It's got two-wheel drive and just as much power, one might say. So if I want to do burnouts, I'll just buy a muscle car. It's so much easier. Well, it really is much easier, I guess, if you have the checkbook. But it's a lot easier, of course, to make the Jeep smoke only two of those uh, those foot-wide meaty tires all at once. How is this possible on a full-time all-wheel-drive Jeep with over 700 horsepower? The answer? Well, we turn to YouTube, of course. Idiots like us have been turning to the interwebs for years and years now to find out how to accomplish something we have no idea how to do. We're all guilty of it, so don't think you're any better than that guy you saw on the line at the grocery store that one time trying to look up how to air down a tire. Giving credit where credit is due, YouTuber Mod to Fame originally made this most wonderful discovery with a Dodge Durango which had a fuse that you could pull in order to trick it into disabling the power disabling the power to the front wheels and putting the vehicle into a forced rear-wheel drive mode and thus facilitating what some are calling burnout mode. Fortunately, the Durango's brother from the same mother, Grand Cherokee Trackhawk, has the exact same fuse to pull. It's called the DTCM fuse number in location 77. It's a 10-amp fuse pulled from the fuse block under the hood. To verify that this modification has worked, your traction control off indicator light should be lit on the dash. It's going to look like a yellow half-flat tire. Just put the transmission into manual mode and to keep it from shifting. Put it in first, and ta-da! Little heel-toe, and you're doing a Hellcat-powered burnout all day long. What about the tires, you may say? Well, after annihilating the rear tires in a soul-lifting cloud of supercharged fury, you still have two fresh ones up front to kill. And plenty of space in the rear of this thing to bring along a full extra set of wheels and tires and a floor jack, too. Now, the only question is, who is brave enough out there to do this in a test drive? Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to pull this off while recording it and send it into the show. Of course, if you or any of your team are killed or captured, JTS will disavow any knowledge of your existence. Good luck, Jeeber. This podcast will self-destruct in five seconds. Well, that
1: (laughs) that happened long ago. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know i'm thinking a uh, a switch a button uh something that you could uh, tie into that view's location That's would be a exactly lot of fun
0: exactly what i was thinking too tony after uh, after writing this and doing a little bit of research i was like well come on i mean how hard would it be to just do a little relay and a, and a switch you know kind of hidden off to the side or something like that and boom you got yourself two-wheel drive mode so uh, yeah, this this is amazing. There's some great videos out there. If you have a Dodge Durango SRT model, uh, then this same modification can be done to your vehicle as well. So uh, once again, if you you know the, the numbers you're looking for, the in, the fuse block under the hood, you got to pop open the cover. You got to look for DTCM fuse number 77. Look for its location. In uh in in the case of the Dodge Durango, it's like H1 or something like that. It's a 10 amp fuse. Uh, they even give you a little fuse puller right there in the cover to to aid in this modification, if you, if you will. Uh, but that's all it takes. Uh, yes, you will have an indicator light on in the dash, and yes, that might prevent you from getting your emissions sticker or something like that or passing inspection. So uh, don't lose the fuse and don't do this before inspection. <laughs>
1: So um, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe it's just the muscle car uh, idea that you know yeah. muscle cars are all rear wheel drive, but mm-hmm. uh, and I guess it depends on what that pulling that fuse does. But I'm thinking uh, the parasitic drag from running the uh, the front uh, wheels as well. I'm thinking that maybe you get more power to the ground. By removing this fuse, possibly, you, possibly, you lose the now, traction.
0: But you are going to lose the traction. But if you feather the that.
1: throttle right, you yeah. might actually get down the road faster. Is what I'm thinking.
0: I, I'm not sure. Well, I don't know about getting down the road faster. I, I would believe possibly um, uh, maybe at the, you know, having a higher top speed, maybe getting another couple miles per hour out of this or something. I, I might believe an extra mile or two per gallon, maybe, oh, that's true. Uh, you know, so I, you know, I don't know. I don't. But it, know. Re- it depends on what it disconnects. I mean, if everything really still,
1: does, and if everything's still connected, then it's not going to make any difference.
0: No, I mean I don't know how much is disconnected, how much is is still spinning what uh, if there is any sort of possible damage that could be done to this. like I said, I mean, this is eh, essentially brand new to the interwebs. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna look into this a little bit further. and uh, like I said, uh, I, I'm hoping I'm really, really hoping that one of you out there just straps a GoPro to your hat and goes for a test drive and, and pulls into the 711 real quick hold on sales guy i need to look at something under the hood we're just going to pull this fuse really quick and now sideways out of the 711 parking lot <laughs> i want to see that that would be that would be just fantastic i bet you uh, somebody
1: could take uh, their uh, their grand cherokee out to the track and do a quarter mile and see what difference yeah, it makes a
0: costco parking lot you know whatever <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, man, don't do it there. You run into baskets or those things that little basket corrals. Where the hell did that come from? You know, so.
0: (laughs) And, of course, uh, this is uh, just meant for entertainment purposes only. We are not responsible for any damage that you may incur or do to your vehicle or self. If there's anything you'd like to add to this segment or any others, well, be sure to let us know if you have a question for Tech Talk or you'd like to maybe uh, tell us about your build and what you're doing and need some help with it, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Send us a message. All right, people, let's bring this meeting to order. We've got a new member with us. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Uh, uh, hi, everybody. I'm Sid, and I've been sober for 42 days. Hi, hi Sid. 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 Do, do you guys know about the Jeep Talk Show? Oh, come hey. on. Oh. down, Sid. Uh, go have a drink. The Jeep Talk Show. We don't specialize in that kind of recovery.
1: You know, it just, just dawned on oh, me, the people, the people that are talking, you know, in the background, all the different voices, I, I'm seeing Monster Inc. Uh, extras. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, the, the, guy, the guy with the sock, you know, and I, those are the people that are in this meeting and saying, uh, hey, Sid.
2: <laughs> Who wants free Wrangler parts? Our friends at Extreme Terrain seem to always be giving something away. Gift cards, parts, gosh, even vehicles. This month, as Jeep Talk Show's sponsor, they are giving away $3,000 in upgrades for your 1987 and newer Jeep Wrangler. So whether your Wrangler is bone stock or completely built, the team at Extreme Terrain knows every Jeep Wrangler owner could use another $3,000 in mods. From bumpers to lighting, lift kits to wheels and tires, Extreme Terrain has the goods you need to get your Wrangler ready for the new year. And remember, fast and free shipping is available from Extreme Terrain for nearly everything they sell. They're very fast, I guarantee you, because I have bought from Extreme Terrain and I didn't have to wait that long. Anyway, the more you enter, the more chances you have at winning. Be sure to visit extremeterrain.com win to enter daily or simply click in today's Jeep Talk show notes for the official rules and details.
1: Tammy, who was that that uh, that you had your uh, the five things to do while uh, on YouTube or whatever your your Wrangler talk segment was tonight? Oh, Wade. Yeah, Wade. You know, if you haven't already done so, you should direct him to Extreme Terrain because they have all those wonderful things, and huh. it would be really cool if Wade to win the three thousand dollars. I mean, oh you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. He's talking yeah. about modifying his Jeep, yeah. and here we have somebody that's good. you could do it for free, and then. Exactly, you know, and we we could live vicariously through Wade by telling him what to put on the Jeep. Exactly, which is the fun part.
0: <laughs> from around the world, or from your city, and sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor! It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
1: Well, boys and girls, we have another uh, great interview for you tonight. It's a little bit of, of a treat here. You guys may have already heard uh, this company's name. Uh, I know you haven't heard the uh, this gentleman's name, though, because uh, we recently gave away uh, uh, one of his uh, uh, inventions that holds a flag oh. on the, the back of uh, the JKs. And uh, that uh, was a, a giveaway that uh, he uh, uh, or his company put up uh, for, uh, what was it Jeep Tech, uh, Tammy? I think that was Jeep Tech that we had on. And uh, it was a beautiful uh, little flag holder there. Anyway, uh, John is, the, uh, is our guest, and he's the owner-CEO of uh, GR8 Great Innovations. He specializes in multimedia and sports video production by trade, but is an avid Jeep enthusiast. Uh, he has owned two Wranglers in his time, a 2002 TJ, and currently drives Recondo, a 2015 JKU. John invented and manufactures the GR8, or great mount, which is uh, the very first Jeep Wrangler flag mount to fully integrate into the existing OEM tailgate. Uh, When he isn't working, he is spending money on his Jeep, and when he isn't spending money on his Jeep, well, he's spending money on his Jeep. You you guys understand this. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to find out more about uh, great innovations, just visit www.gr8-innovations.com. And, of course, we'll have that link in the show notes in, in case you're driving and you can't write all this stuff down. John, thanks a lot for being with us tonight.
4: Hey, guys. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Nice little introduction there.
1: So, John, <laughs> the, the first thing I got to ask you is why in God's green earth would you ever get rid of a TJ?
4: Um, so actually I decided I had it in college as a college car when I went back up north and um, into Wisconsin for college. I needed a nice four by four for those minus 30 winters and two feet of snow that you can randomly get on, a, on a, any day and needed a little bit bigger uh, and better four by four vehicle up there. And then when I uh, moved out farther in my commute for work, um, I decided to make a grown up decision. So I my dog in the back is... Um and I got an adult car and then I realized I missed the Jeep family. So that's how I ended up back into my 2015 JKU right now. So kind of a grown up decision, then realized I made a bad mistake leaving the Jeep family and then went back.
1: You know, I always tell anybody, like on social media and stuff, whenever they're talking about selling their Jeep, I always tell them you're gonna regret it. Uh because mm-hmm. I firmly believe that once you've you're you've ridden, driven such a unique vehicle as a Jeep. You'll miss it. I mean, there's there's lots of things to hate about Jeeps, but there's so much more to love about them.
2: Well,
4: I just love the fact that, you know, like it, it's kind of an interesting and funny, you know, how there's a little Jeep community and the Jeep wave and the Jeep family. And surprisingly enough, it's not really caught on to all states. I don't get too many Jeep waves in New Jersey. Um, I'm not too sure if people are in their own lane or if that's just the East Coast way. But um, the nice thing is, is like with a Jeep, you know, like we were talking uh, previously, is everything's an accessible bolt. You know, if you you kind of have the uh, aptitude to watch YouTube these days or read a little bit, you can do a lot on your own. So that's a kind of fun part about the Jeep is, you know, getting stuff and customizing your way. So I totally
1: agree in that. So that's kind of actually, you know, segues into the great mount. That's exactly what I was thinking. It's a great segue. It's almost like you've done this before, uh, John. Exactly. (laughs) I I work in media. I get a little practice behind the camera, you know, asking people questions and making interviews
4: and documentaries as a trade. So, you know.
2: So, John, um, tell us about this mount that you've, your company sells.
4: Yeah, great. Um, yeah, great. That's a good question. So, the great mount product um, is, is our capstone product. Um, and I just want to focus on the GR8 part or the great mount part um, of our company name and our um, product name. So, GR8 uh, actually stands for um, the... Stainless steel part of our product is made from iron um, and iron is a group eight element in the periodic table. So that's kind of where we got great mount from and great innovations because a lot of the stuff that we're going to be doing um, is made from stainless steel or made um, from stain- uh, stainless steel structure. So great mount uh, to us is it's a it's a pretty cool product that, that kind of came out of necessity. Um, and, and our great mount is a multi-purpose flag mount. Um, and it actually is a utility holder as well. You can kind of put whatever you want in there. We can elaborate on that later, but it goes on the back and integrates in with the um, Jeep Wrangler tailgates. Um, anywhere from a two-door, four-door, Unlimited X, Sport, Sahara Rubicon, it doesn't matter if your Jeep has a hard top, soft top. Um, our, our great mount integrates directly into the OEM hinges on the back of a 2007 to 2018 um, Jeep Wrangler right now. Um, we also have another SKU model. Um, that fits on the Terraflex hd hinge tire carrier bracket. So we got two different models there. The great mount so far, fully powder-coated, made in the USA, great product. Um, but, yeah, that's pretty much uh, what our great mount is to start off, and we can elaborate on some things more, I'm sure, later on here.
1: So this is for the JK only, not the TJ, the YJ, the CJ, the military Jeep. It's just the JK, JKU.
4: Gray, yeah, I'm glad you pointed it out right now. Yeah, it's just for the JK, JKU, like I said, the uh, 2007 to 2018. And we, you know, to actually go on to that, you might segue into it with the new JLUs coming out. I listened to your guys' episode on that and the Jeep truck and things like that. So mm-hmm. specifically about the JLU um, and the predating of 2007, um, back to TJs, YJs, all different things like that. We are still working on designs with our engineers right now. It's it's basically going to be the same concept, but a few things need to change up as far as measurement specifications. Um, With those doors, I know some of the older models, the tires get a little close to the hinges um, that we use as far as like distance sliding over to the passenger side where our mount goes in on that hinge side. Um, The distance is a little tight there, but working on all different types of uh, designs and specifications to try to get some of those requests filled that we've had and, and, basically to answer your question. That's that's how it is so far.
2: So i you you said that you know more than just a flagpole can go in there. You called it a utility. What other things would you put in there?
4: Um so one of the other things that we have is uh that I'd like to do is like you can put we wanted to make it a diameter um that was a pretty standard diameter, um inner diameter of the square tube that we use and um, you can put anything from, you can literally go out in your backyard and grab a patio umbrella if you're going to the beach for the day and you need some shade. Ah. You can put a patio umbrella or a beach umbrella in there. Anything up to one and a half inches in diameter can go inside that square tube. Um, and like I said, it integrates right into the hinges. So it, it, it holds a pretty, pretty significant amount of weight. Um, and we're doing testing on that to get some more specific um, weight restrictions, stuff like that. But also another thing that we can put in there is uh, fishing rods for surf fishing. That's a huge thing. Um, and I know in New Jersey specifically, I just want to touch base on that. In our local area, in order to go down to some of the beaches and drive on beaches, you need to have poles um, in the water or you need to have lines out in the water. Um, and this can eliminate having to dig your, your pole into the sand or having to set your pole in the sand where you can just throw it um, on the back of your Jeep um, and toss a line out there. So it kind of gives our fishermen an option to put their, their pole in there while they've got a line in the water and also an option to drive their Jeep on the beach. You know, that's, um,
2: that's funny that you're from New Jersey. And whenever I think of Jeepers from New Jersey, I always think of beach Jeepers normally because you always, you know, you have all those beach weeks and everything. And that's interesting that you have designed this for the umbrellas and the fishing poles and stuff, just because, you know, that's what a lot of Jeepers do Mm -hmm. in New Jersey.
3: Yeah.
4: Well, you know, and it, it kind of from the inception of the prop, it was just one of those things. And and those two things they added there are definitely added value. And there's probably, you know, plenty of ways that our customers and people can utilize it beyond those, you know, kind of three things that we just mentioned now. Um, Like I said, any, it's a square tube, square stainless steel tube, three or four gauge, anything up to an inch and a half inner diameter can fit inside of it. Um, Mm -hmm. And like I said, we're working on the weight restrictions, but it can hold some decent stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot of room Um, to adapt and and a lot of things to create in the future. And, I mean, you can go as far as making adaptable brackets and trying to think of ways. Um, One of our things that we're trying to think of now is an adaptable bracket to go on the top that can kind of uh, be like an L-shaped arm that sticks out for a fish fillet table. Um, So, and maybe have an adapter that comes off for your fishing rod or things like that. So you can, anything that you can kind of put inside that square tube we can kind of branch off and kind of think of different ways, whether it's a grill or a fish fillet table or different things like that. We're working on and and having the inception phase now, but it mainly started as a flagpole. Uh, Right. So if we want to dive into that or however, you know, it mainly started as a flagpole holder. Um, And then I kind of realized the benefit of being able to use multiple things in there and make it kind of an all around utility thing.
1: Now uh, I I warned you that I had some ideas and listening to the various things that you've talked about uh, that you can use this for, uh there's one i haven't heard but i think would be a big winner for you uh and as i like to say this is a million dollar idea and you're getting it free here from the jeep talk show Uh,
2: and i'm nervous here tony
1: (laughs) so i'm thinking now you haven't mentioned how much weight it will hold but i'm thinking uh it would be a perfect place to put a mother-in-law chair uh that you would you could bolt in there and uh or, or a backseat driver would be would be perfect just stick them out there on the back maybe a couple of ratchet straps for safety and uh th- yeah. there you go that's a,
4: <laughs> getting choked up because it's a pretty funny idea because i know there's probably that's probably a pretty big market out there huh you know uh okay. i think we might have to have uh our attorneys look over that and have some disclosures if somebody were going to be attaching uh Right. somebody or something there or, you know, Clark well, forgets the dog that's attached to the back.
1: But. you know, you just say kids don't try this at home. <laughs>
4: And you're covered. There you go. <laughs> now yeah. see, if it's you, that easy. It's that it's that easy these days, right?
1: Yeah. See, if you knew somebody in video production, you could do this very clever YouTube video about the mother-in-law seat that uh, is, and then just at the end say, "Not an actual product. Not for sale. <laughs> don't try this yeah, at home."
4: that's a good point. I don't know who I don't know who, uh, who in house would be able to do that, but that's a great idea. <laughs>
2: So, John, I'm taking it you, because you have a Jeep product in your company, that you are a Wrangler owner yourself.
4: I am. I am a Wrangler owner. Um, and like we mentioned in the interview, I had a 2002 TJ, uh, TJ back in the day. Had to sell it to be make some grown-up decisions as far as a commute and, and moving uh, out here to New Jersey. But I got back into the Jeep Wrangler game um, a couple, two or three years ago um, with my 2015 uh, JKU in a hemi
2: orange color. Um, oh, that's, I kind of that's, pride. yeah. I take, that's what I was going to ask, what the mind. color was. Yeah.
1: Sorry, John, that was not the right answer. Red but, would have been the right answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> red, so
4: cherry, the cherry red, or, yeah, but I got the hemi orange, which is pretty unique. Um, right. but Yeah, I, I love it. So I, I put a lot of money and time into it, and as well as, you know, I know it, it needs to showcase my product. So I'm always flying a flag, you know. Uh, old glory behind there, or different, you know, different occasions. I have different flags. I kind of tread lightly fly, uh, flying a Texas flag up north, so I just right. kind of go generic United States flag mostly.
1: we'll, we'll, we'll get your address after the uh, after the interview, and I'll send you a Jeep Talk Show flag.
2: Uh-huh. There you go. <laughs> so that's what we need to sell, Tony. Hey, so do you? Are you a beach jeeper, or do you off road, or both? Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. So my Jeep right now is my everyday commuter. So I do take it off road. We go down in the Pine Barrens to friends hunting clubs and we mess around down there um, off road. I have not taken it um, to like a beach week show or a uh, beach week meetup yet. Um, I am fairly new here to the air. I've only been out in New Jersey for about five years and just launched our company um, this past uh, October, late October. So I'm getting into all the Jeep clubs. I was a part of the North Texas Jeep club. Um, When I was here in Dallas and I had my TJ, um, but I haven't really been a part of an official club yet, but now I'm kind of trying to, if you imagine I have a Jeep and I love the Jeep community and being part of the Jeep family and and creating this product to help out my fellow Jeepers, but I'm also, I also have a business and I'm trying to make sales and and trying to make profit and and gain revenue and connect. So I'm trying to navigate my way through the Jeep community without trying to be too pushy. You know, I <laughs> right. want to make connections, <laughs> yeah. I want to meet people. I, mean, I have a product and a whole whole thing here, um, not to overemphasize, great, GR8. I mean, it's a great family, you know, and, and that's one thing I want to talk about is we have something called the, the, the Great Club, um, and we just saw, uh, created this program pretty recently, and what the Great Club does is it gives exclusive discounts to official Jeep clubs. So all you VPs and presidents out there, if you're an official Jeep club, feel free to reach out to us. We can get you guys an exclusive Jeep discount um, code that you guys can use on our product. So we're trying to create a community around our product that people can use our product, give us feedback, and, and also kind of make a platform or a connection point for them to share how they're using their product internally, things like that. So just the Great Club and creating that program is, is kind of what we're all about. Um, and we don't charge anything for our Jeep clubs to, to join our great club uh, membership. It's just gauge interest with your club, see if there'd be people interested, and, and we'll create a nice discount for the club. But the whole point is to get the club's name out there. Maybe there's somebody new to the area who hasn't learned about clubs, such as myself a couple of years ago. If I see this product and buy it and notice that there's a club, you know, so we're just trying to do the best we can to grow the community and kind of grow the community around the product that we offer our customers.
1: So let me let me take a, a bit of a negative turn on this because I, I, I get the feeling you know how uh, we, we, we jeepers spend a lot of money but we're cheap at the same time and yep. when I first saw your product I went okay it's a square piece of tubing bolted onto the <laughs> bolted onto the tail the, uh, the the tire carrier why in the world would I not just go buy me some square tubing what is different about yours now I've I've watched the install video and I know the difference. And I know the, the the integration how nice it is, but somebody out there that's listening to this that hasn't looked at that and doesn't know uh, doesn't know what all you guys have done uh, to make this thing it's not just a a square piece of tubing
4: yeah I mean i mean you're, you're definitely not taking, you know it's not a bad question and kind of funny how we were joking online before or uh, offline rather is you know I've, we were joking about dealing with some haters and stuff like that, <laughs> and that's actually one of the yeah. one of the haters type uh avenue i've gotten. Um so I mean it's well and that's the beauty in it. The beauty is in its simplicity. Um if you really look at it and think of it that way. And and not to like um kind of divert that question, but it is it is a simple product, but there are you know it takes precise measurements and it takes engineered specs to be able to get something of the quality um that we have and it's made in the USA and it's done uh, all the powder coating manufacturing, the steel's brought over from Pennsylvania, um over to here in New Jersey, so we bring that in so it's all made in the USA, which is a big part of that. Um, and that's a big thing that we're striving for. And, and yes, I understand there might be a little bit of a cost that comes with Made in USA products, but it's something that um, is, is very dear uh, to my heart personally um, outside of the company. So um, that's part of it. But then also, when you look at, there's a lot of talented people out there, and especially Jeepers are people that, that can, um, the majority of the time, do things on their own. Um, as far as ad lifts or tires or wheels, or, you know, to some extent, but you really got to think of how many people can actually, you know, operate a CNC machine or operate, you know, and, and get real nice TIG and MIG welds um, and really get precision type production that we've gotten out of our manufacturer here in New Jersey. And that's just kind of the only difference is, you know, I don't think that the percentage of people is very high that can create something this precise and and create something this streamlined. So that's just kind of the difference, you know, um, you know, the quality, um, the preciseness, because, you know, we're, we're dealing with, you know, thousandths of an inch here and, and breaking things down as far as the measurement between those two hinge holes, our template pattern that you can drill out, those, um, those black plastic uh, covers on the back that cover the hinges on the 2007 to um, 18 Wranglers. We actually provide a optional drilling template if they would like to drill through those plastic covers. So I mean, we're drill, we're dealing with precise uh, measurements here, and not to say that anybody can't do it on their own, but you know, it's professionally well, manufactured and it's,
1: and that's it's what you're created. and that's what you're doing no. is you're but you're but you're buying convenience here and you're buying something that looks like a professional deal. And I think that's what what uh, when I, I first looked at it, that's what I was thinking was this, this. looks like something that that came on the Jeep. It doesn't stand out as uh, some. Some homemade thing. It's very professional looking, and the parts that I didn't know that were there is you guys have these uh, long um, uh, cylinders that fit into the holes uh, in the plastic that you that you've cut out. So it gives a, a it's it's not just a, a bolt, a naked bolt hanging, you know, uh, two inches uh, screwing into the back of the, the tailgate there. It's all nice and clean, and of course you've got that uh, nice knob on the front of it where you can uh, uh, tighten up the whatever you've slid slid in there. So it's not just a square yeah. tube, folks. <laughs> there's things to it. Yes, and and, and uh, there's these little plastic inserts. I believe I saw the little plastic inserts that you can cover up the, the holes that are uh, that you've put the bolts in. So it's a, it's a very nice finished look. And if you've got a nice JK, you want this finished look.
4: Definitely. Yeah, it
2: blends right things,
4: in. Yeah. And two things I just kind of want to mention on there um, are far as the... If you go on our website, you'll kind of notice when you're looking at pictures, we call those support columns that are in the back, those two cylindrical type um, tubes that are welded on the back. And if you were to take off those plastic hinge covers on your Jeep Wrangler, you know, you'll see the metal hinges, but it's not flat. You know, there's a piece of metal that protrudes out. So therefore, we need to have something that inserts into that to give that space away from the door because it needs to clear that metal piece of the hinge. Um, so that's kind of why we extended that out as much as possible. Um, and I'm not going to get too nitty gritty as far as patent pending and and measurements and stuff like that, but there was a lot of things in the design. So I just kind of want to start back with the other thing is we, I started back with this design, um, just straight out of the blue. We were we were hanging out and I was with a friend driving down the road, uh, last year or so and in Memorial day, and I saw the flags hanging and it was coming around Memorial day. And I wanted to be patriotic and fly a flag on the back of my Jeep. And I, I did like anybody would, I mean, I searched the Jeep forums or I consulted our good buddies over at Jeep tech or people like that, you know, I got to give them a shout out, um, about how to attach a flag to a regular, you know? Um, so you look at, bungee cords and ropes and you know ratchet straps and you look at everybody and how they're doing it putting it on the spare tire and this and that or even some people that are able to take their hard top or soft top down or attaching to the roll cage right so i'm like there's got to be a better way to do this you know i I need to be able to access my spare tire if i'm off-roading and not be able to mess with ropes and bungee ties and zip ties and have (laughs) scissors to cut it off and all that stuff oh wait I don't have room for my hard top, so my hard top stays on. Okay, now I can't attach it to my roll cage. So there's a lot of different things that played into it. And sure enough, I'm sitting there looking, and, you know, we just thought of this great idea to put it on there. But long story short is we started this project in the, uh, in a friend's garage um, with a very basic, like we were doing before. I mean, we were circular steel saw, and, you know, even back then, some saws off stuff with a metal blade. None of our cuts were straight. None of our measurements were straight. But at least we made a working prototype after about six months or so. And we had something definitive to figure out if we needed to take this to an engineer to have him look at it. And went and found a manufacturer here um, in New Jersey and, and met with their head engineer and their inside sales. And I called the meeting and went in to meet with them. And next thing you know, the uh, owner and president of the company comes in uh, because he's a Jeep guy. Uh, so long story uh, short, as, you know, we're ha- I didn't expect him to come in and he has a Jeep guy and he's like, yep, get it done. We'll do anything we need. Let's go through prototyping phase. We'll make you a couple. We'll do this. We'll do that. And next thing you know, we landed uh, a couple months after that, um, negotiating some stuff out and, and here we are. So, I mean, it's I bet back you, here, you know, it I bet, bet you that
1: was a, a lot of fun uh, getting those first couple of prototypes where you, you have this idea. And now you have it in your hands that's actually machined and done all right and everything. I bet you that was just a a real tingly moment for you.
4: Well, yeah. And that takes you back to the one question of why can't somebody do this on their own in their garage? Well, I'm not saying you can't. Oh, no. But I will say that you probably will not get the quality that we have of our product that will be delivered to you at this price. By the time that you're done making four trips to... Home Depot because you (laughs) messed something up or you did this, which everybody makes probably a minimum of three, Um, you're just, we were going to get better quality, but just like you said, it was really nice to see. And I actually kept all of our old prototypes, you know, and I hope one day to to be able to, you know, use that for social media or use that on our website or use that for the business to show where we came from. And it's actually completely different, but in the same kind of design. So you're right. It, it was pretty cool to see this kind of uh, idea come to fruition.
1: Yeah, it was like that for whenever uh, I had the, uh, the first Jeep Talk show stickers printed up and I got them. It was like, ooh, stickers. Yes. You know? Nothing nothing yeah, in got- the, the realm of what you've got going on, but just, you know, you, you kind of have that birthing process, I think. You know, you mentioned social well, media, and this is a, a great t- a time for us to talk about how people can, you know, see your product and reach out to you and and give you that all important feedback.
4: Yeah, great. So, we have uh, all the main types of social media platforms. So, you can find us on Instagram at gr8.innovations. And you'll find our Instagram there, uh, as well as Facebook is gr8innovations on Facebook. Um, And I I know this might not be social media integrated, but our website is also gr8-innovations.com. I-N-N-O-V-A-T-I-O-N-S.com. So, that's gr8-innovations.com. And Um, You can find all the cool ways and keep us up to date. We mostly go strong on Instagram, um, but we do have a Facebook um, there as well. And we're accessible through both, whether it's direct messaging, messaging through Facebook, or even direct emails. We also do a contact us page where you can fill out a form. So those are all different ways you can contact us. Um, And we'll get nowadays, um, it's kind of hard to stay away from your phone. So we get back to you as soon as possible. Somebody from um, the company, or or I, will get back to our customers with any questions they have. So
1: great. Hey, and one quick uh, question before we uh, wrap this thing up. Um, now, if you don't have a spare tire, I think they call them tramp stamps, where where it gets deleted yep. off the back. Are, are you just out of luck for the flag holder?
4: No, you can. Uh, so you actually don't need to have a spare tire there at all. Um, and if you kind of go to the homepage or website on the main banner, you'll see that. Uh, you can actually subtract out the spare tire because it doesn't matter. It's uh, so far over right to the passenger side by that right brake light, um, utilizing those two um, right side top and bottom um, holes that are on that tailgate. You don't need to have a spare tire. Um, And that's pretty much what our foundation was built on is if you do have a spare tire, um, now you can access it. Um, Now you can use your tailgate. And that's the big thing I I think I want to leave people with as we wrap it up is you know, our product integrates into the hinges, the tailgate, like I mentioned on the back, but you know, the, the typical, you know, other customer or other consumer products that I've seen go into the bumper, uh, bumper hitch, right. you know, and if you imagine having your bumper hitch and you have a six foot flagpole coming up, number one, you can't open the door without taking out the flagpole. And number two, you're going to have to remove the flagpole to take off and use your spare tire. Right. We eliminate all of that by attaching it to the tailgate itself. Therefore, now it opens completely. The door articulates all the way open, doesn't touch the brake light, as well as the spare tire is accessible. So therefore, you can access the spare tire if you want, or you can have the, the so-called Jeep Trance stamp with it there or not. But one thing we do kind of talk to our customers about is if they're, for some reason, odd reason, running a huge massive oversized tire on a stock tailgate with no, you know, TerraFlex hinge carrier or no tire carrier, you know, it just depends on how wide that tire is coming past those hinges, but we haven't really seen any problems um with people on the tailgates or even uh, the TerraFlex brackets. So that's those are the things that we kind of run into when we're looking at a production ideas for different models of Jeeps and different tire carriers, so
1: Oh, uh, and, and uh, the, the one thing I almost forgot, uh, you guys are uh, going to give our listeners a, a discount, aren't you?
4: Yeah, we sure are. We actually have uh, a discount for our listeners that's going to go um, live here at, t- starting tomorrow. It's going to go live for 30 days. Um, and I'm looking up the code right now. The internet's pretty bad. Um, that's all right. We do offer a couple of tours
1: I've got it right here. I've got it right yeah, here. It's so Jeep Talk 2019. If you want to tell the
4: listeners are, yeah, Jeep Talk 2019.
1: We're fifteen percent discount uh, for our Jeep Talk Show listeners, and uh, as John was saying, valid on twelve twenty eight, which is the release date of this episode. So, if you're listening to the show, that means the uh, the uh, the code is available. So, uh, oh, oh, and very important: other offers and promotions do not apply, and shipping is not included. But really, uh, getting fifteen percent off—if that's a lot—yeah, if you're not getting, if you're not having to pay taxes, that's going to cover a, a good portion of the shipping. I can't imagine the shipping is very much on, on this, is it, John?
4: No, it's not. Um, we, we're over here based on the East Coast, um, so anywhere over here can be can be minimal as far as like eight dollars, which is pretty nice. For it comes in a sixteen by four by four box. Um and it comes with everything in it. We have paper instructions. Um, we have all the tools and all. We send you with an L key. We send you with two brand new bolts and the hand knob and the unit itself. It's very nicely packed uh, with craft paper uh, and everything like that, and it's organized. And we send that out. And I think when I was doing uh, shipping estimations, um, our our farthest one up to California from coast to coast was around like eighteen nineteen dollars, depending on how you get there. So it's not terrible. Weighs about four pounds in the package, but. You know, 15% off is is a, is a good amount off, and, and we feel comfortable that the customer will be valued at that percent off. But just another thing to go back, if you're a part of a Jeep club or if you're a VP, if we can get you more than that. Just reach out to us and let us know that your club's interested. Um, and just one last thing as far as what we're trying to do and build a community with with discounts and stuff is um, it's not for everybody, but we do have a sponsorship program. Um, so we're looking for our higher-end Jeepers that are – that you know, take shows uh, or take their Jeep to shows and, and compete for grand prizes. Um, so we do currently have um, a, a Jeep sponsor and we're, we're, we're very selective on those, but we do sponsor um, competitors in the, in the kind of Jeep uh, show. And right now, one of our competitors that we sponsored with um, is Full Metal Jeep. Um, and his name's Gus and, and uh, his Instagram is Jeep underscore Gunner he's got a massive build um, and and he partnered with us because he found us on his own and and we worked out some logistics but if you're if you're looking for a flag um, mount utility or a or a flag uh, flag pole holder and you do jeep shows and you, and you want to get sponsored feel free to reach out to us there's a lot of different ways to to get a hold of us and, and we're just trying to help out the jeep community and, and make us uh, make us better and, and give you guys what you need
1: yeah having that uh, having that feedback from the jeepers uh, is so important to giving a uh, They're giving everybody exactly what the, what they want. Well, John, I can't uh, tell you how much I appreciate you being here. And, uh, you know, I had a lot more questions about this, about a flag holder, than what I thought I was going to have. It's a, it's a very interesting concept. You look at it as just this basic add-on. But there's so many things you can do to it. And if you're going to be doing a lot of things to it, you, you damn well better get a good one. Because if you start hanging mm-hmm. stuff off your Jeep, you want it to stay there.
2: <laughs> right. You don't want to rip your tailgate apart.
1: No. John, thanks again yeah, for being with
0: point. us.
4: Great. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot, John.
0: Thanks again, to John, for taking the time to talk about great innovations and all the cool Jeep stuff they're putting out for the Jeep aftermarket. I have to see what they're doing for the XJ here in the near future. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it could happen. You never know. Last time for what I like to call You Produce the Show. For months now, we've been asking you for ideas of who to interview. And we've gotten some great suggestions, and some of those have turned into some amazing interviews. Now, as we slap it into four low and crawl our way into 2019, it's time to step it up. Big or small, we want them all. The guy in your club or your daughter's boyfriend who works at Jeep. Even if you're thinking, well, everyone is going to recommend Rough Country or I'm sure somebody has already mentioned TerraFlex. It doesn't matter. The more suggestions we get for a single company or person, the more that we're going to blackmail. I mean, the more that we're going to badger. I mean, the more that we're going to talk them into coming on the show. There we Mm -hmm. go. After all, that's who you guys want to hear from. Then that's who we're going to have on the show. Okay. So now it's time to do something. Set the phone down. Push the keyboard over. Go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact right now. You can see something right there uh, for you know submitting a form to let us know who you want to interview and all that sort of stuff. Let us know who we should have on the show in 2019. Send us an email. Drop us a tweet. Anything to let us know who you think we should be interviewing in the coming year. We want your ideas. And the more ideas we get for a single guest or a single company, well, we're going to go after them very very strong so yeah let us know who you're uh, who you're wanting and we're gonna get them on the show
1: so i'd like to uh ask our audience for a bit of help we've we've had more than one uh person recommend uh, dana and i know we all would love to get dana on to uh talk about her rear end i mean to, oh. to talk about the rear ends that uh that, that dana has put in jeeps for many 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 years uh, i've reached out to them uh, I have not heard back. If you know somebody at uh, Dana, somebody that works at Dana, uh, contact them. Tell them that we Jeep Talk Show wants to have them on the show. Now, after they say who, explain to them that the Jeep Talk Show is this really good podcast that you listen to, and they do interviews. So uh, it would be really cool, and you never know. They may do a Dana 44 giveaway.
2: <laughs> that would be cool.
1: <laughs> it would be. <laughs> Next week, Jason Larson with Tuffy. You know these people because they build these wonderful lockbox things and uh locks under the lock boxes under the seats, the back seats,
0: consoles, oh,
2: oh, all kinds yeah. of yeah.
1: great, now the, great products.
2: The last time we interviewed someone from there, I I was shopping and bought something while we did, were interviewing.
1: Did you buy something from Tuffy? Was it the insert yeah for your the center,
2: the center, center console insert? Are,
1: yeah. yeah. And uh, so anyway, we're going to have uh, Jason on and uh, n- coming up next week, don't you j- dare miss it. Hey, Talk Show, this is the FM Jeeper again. Uh, sorry for uh, how my son came across on the recording. He actually was trying to say from the mind of Mickey G, he uh, really likes the segment lead ins and uh, he typically likes to repeat that one the most. So uh, I, don't listen, I don't let him listen to the whole show, but uh, he, he does like the lead ins. Uh, keep it up and uh, hope to hear from you soon. I think that that's probably the the one part of the show that you should really keep him away from. <laughs> oh,
0: like, <laughs> Nikki G can be a bad influence. I don't, I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, uh, speaking of Nikki G, let's uh, let's get a little Nikki G love going here.
0: From the mind of Nikki G. This portion of Nikki G brought to you by rutabagas. Want to freak somebody out for dinner? Serve them rutabagas. <laughs> hey, this is Nikki G, and I uh, just want to thank, oh, I can't think of his name now. Uh, FM CJ7 from FM Connecticut Jeepers. who called in. Or actually, his young child called in, and I heard it clearly, Tony, if nobody else did. He said his favorite segment is the mind of Nikki G. <laughs> yep. So for you, my young fan, I dedicate this onion to you. Oh,
3: oh. <laughs> man, oh. that is tart. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> that is not, that was not a good idea.
0: Oh. Mm. oh. It takes ah. another ah. bite. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, boys and oh. girls. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I'll catch you later. Have a good one. No, Bye. Oh, please
1: don't. So, uh, with a straight face and without exhaling, go ask Wendy for a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> right? So,
2: you know, Nikki, Nikki G is really like stepping up his production value really of is. his phone calls.
1: He really is.
2: And it, as I was listening to tonight's, I'm thinking, you know what? You know how back in the seventies and eighties you had all these T V shows and then there was these spin off T V shows that were just as successful. Maybe we're gonna have a spin off Nikki G. That would podcast. be funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, yep, that would be pretty funny. Oh uh, wow. FM Jeeper, thanks for calling in and straightening out that mystery and uh, Nikki G, well, you know.
2: <laughs> Go brush your teeth. <laughs>
1: No, he's not getting rid of that smell. That smell's going to have to wear off. (laughs) I might as
0: well just start eating garlic.
2: (laughs) Okay, class, it's time for a review.
0: Let's check it out. Check it out. It's time for Jeep Mama's product review. Now,
2: what is it and why do I want it? So I know you've all been sitting on the edge of your seat waiting to see what I got for Christmas, and no, I did not get top five Jeep products or Jeep stuff. I just got one Jeep thing. Um, the rest of the stuff I got for Christmas was smelly stuff like lotion and bath stuff. I guess my kids and husband are telling me I stink or something. I don't know. But anyway, the foo-foo juice, it's the woman stuff, Tammy. That's, uh, that's, they're trying to think of woman stuff. Yeah. I love that stuff by the way. Um, anyway, out on the trails, this is a must have item when you're off-roading and it's a Jeep folding chair and it, The one I got was from justforjeeps.com, and the chair says, I live, I ride, I am Jeep, and it's black. It's black. That's too bad. And um, those words are across the back of the seat, and it's perfect for any outdoor adventure. It's got an incredibly strong frame. It's a sturdy canvas seat, Um, and, of course, it's like a soccer chair, a soccer mom chair. So... And that's the kind of chair it is. Anyway, it's a Jeep folding chair. It weighs about 5.5 pounds. It's 20.5 inches wide, 18 inches deep, 34 inches tall. And it can hold up to a person weighing 300 pounds. So um, just for Jeeps.com. It's on sale right now for $36. And it's perfect for when you're off-roading. I don't know about you guys, but when I go out on the trails, we always take a little lunch break and Mm -hmm. it's always nice to have a chair to sit in to eat your lunch so it's a perfect thing to just throw in the back of your jeep when you go out so
1: tammy you mentioned uh the width and uh how tall it is but you didn't mention ground clearance what kind of ground clearance does this uh, seat have
2: i think it depends on how much you weigh
1: ah that makes sense (laughs) do you know if they make a lift kit for it i mean this is a jeep chair
2: um, well, maybe a Jace or John over at um, Great Innovations could come up with some this, sort
1: of invention. This would be great that. for a flag holder because you need yes. a flag on your chair, especially during those windy, windy days and right. you could be a rocker.
2: <laughs> yeah, there you go. So if anyone has an idea for a product review, co- go to JeepTalkShow.com on our contact page. And let us know what you'd like to hear about. Or if you have a product review you'd like to share, give us an email. And coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Ware.
4: Hey, Tony, Tammy, and Josh and Sean from SoCal. I just want to wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Uh, Thanks for all the wonderful episodes and look forward to what's to
0: come in 2019. Have a
2: good one. Aw, that was really nice. It was.
0: Hey, Tony, should we send him a uh, Jeep Talk Show sticker? You know, we could, uh, but it
1: would take at least six months for me to send yeah. it out. Yeah. <laughs> not, a
2: good I- not a good idea.
1: You know, but what we can do, and uh, really anyone uh, can go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, uh, look up our voicemail information, and send us a text message or even a voicemail uh, uh, to that voicemail number, and let us know you want a sticker. We'll send you an address where you can send a self-addressed stamped envelope, and once we receive it, we'll put up to two bright, shiny, new Jeep Talk Show stickers in there and send it back. No, there's no guarantee it's going to be faster than six months, but I think it will be.
2: (laughs) Does that mean we're giving away free stickers we
1: are uh that's a a great uh point to make tammy is that we are giving away these stickers free well it will be the price of a couple of stamps and in your time to you know fill out the envelope and stuff oh and by the way uh if you don't want your sticker folded send a uh, self-addressed stamped envelope on a five by seven envelope now folding may be fine you may be able to iron it out or figure it out but if you want to just do a regular envelope that's fine but make sure you uh, address it legibly because if it looks like crap and you don't get the sticker oh well so get your almost free Jeep, stock, <laughs> Jeep Talk Show stickers today So, uh, do you guys like that I uh, I painted the Route One Six uh, fire pit red? Isn't it pretty? Ah, oh, that
0: was just glowing red. Uh, we've been you know you
1: <laughs> yeah. know
2: we've been sitting <laughs> out <running laughs> here for a right long here. Time.
0: <laughs> Well, I've got a wheeling trip coming up this weekend. Um, and I just oh, realized really? Really? Uh, that my, my OHB permit is expired. Uh, so I gotta I gotta take care take care. Of that after work tomorrow. <laughs> Going straight to the, uh, straight to, uh, there's a motorcycle shop actually just down the way from where I live and, uh, they do a lot of motocross stuff and, and they sell the, the, off, the OHV permits there. So I'll get one there and they're like 12 bucks, 14 bucks, something like that. I just hoping it's not pink this year.
1: <laughs> I don't know if this is uh, this kind of wheeling trip, uh, Josh, but are you planning on taking your 15 inch gong out there?
0: Yeah, well, no, this one, uh, this one's going to be an instructional, um, uh, an instructional trip. Uh, I got a a coworker of mine, um, and he wants to take his wife up in the woods, and uh, oh, well, they I remember they kind of want to, yeah, I kind of mentioned this uh, a week or two ago, and and they kind of want to, uh, got a a, a new brand spanking new Forerunner that they <laughs> that he wants to teach her how to how to use off road. Hey, you be worst nice case scenarios and stuff. You don't so. don't make her scratch that truck, Josh. <sighs> and it's that it's that that electric blue, <laughs> you know, <it's> like. <laughs> And rub that eye right up against the tree, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I don't I don't know what's gonna happen there. I uh, I was uh, talking to him today about uh, making sure he's got his off road permit and stuff like that, because that's uh, that could put a damper in things. Get all the way up there, and well, you don't have a permit to even be here. So yeah, um, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. It should be it should be fun. Um, I, I'm big, my biggest concern is communications, honestly, because that vehicle is not equipped uh, with any sort of communications. Uh, so I pretty sure I have batteries for my uh, my handheld CB. I've got a, I always carry a spare CB with me, a handheld CB radio. Yes, it's an old school radio shack. Yes, the thing is the size of a shoebox, but you know, whatever. It's better than not being able to communicate at all. So, um, you know, it's like, hey, uh, whoever doesn't have um, a radio in the in the group, here you go. Um, it's a nice thing to have. You can pick them up at, uh, you know, Goodwill or Salvation Army or garage sales and stuff. That's where I got mine it was a garage sale. And, uh, yeah. You so. know,
1: I'm not saying that you should use a, a dual-band uh transceiver, uh, tiny, tiny 5-watt transceiver on FRS. But technically, you can. No, and, I know. and I was looking and I was looking <laughs> it out today and they're twenty five bucks on I'm Amazon. not gonna
0: buy him no radio and I don't no, I don't foresee no, him you don't, buying you don't, one. You don't buy
1: you don't buy him one. You that's the one that you use because it's tiny and it's FM and it's just so cool. So anyway. Just thought I'd throw that out there.
2: Yeah. And you know when you're um when it's just like the two of you and you're gonna be within close distance of each other, you don't really need anything fancy. You just need to be able to hear each
1: other. You don't need a shoebox up aside, but but beside your head though either.
0: <laughs> you know, I just uh, I, I looked over here to my right. I've got a bunch of stuff here in my in my uh, my studio, and um, one of the things I I have over here is uh, is a little radio that I, I I inherited from a friend. He used to be really big into SCCA racing and stuff like that, and he had a a track radio. Um, and these are uh, basically I um, mean, uh, this is a little seventy. It's got seventy centimeters. Uh, two-meter, six-meter. I mean, th- this thing does, it has 12 bands of coverage in it. So th- this thing is, is pretty impressive. I probably could bring this thing up there and bring my Bofang and tune into the same frequency band and and use it like an FMRS.
1: Is it, is it a transceiver? Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I wouldn't, uh, the, with six meters on there,
0: Oh no! Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is just a receiver. This one go. is just a receiver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's an expensive radio receiver.
1: with all with a bunch of uh, with all those yeah. bands on there. It would be very expensive as a transceiver.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So just just a receiver. But you know, being able to give another vehicle instructions is uh, is important, especially if they don't know where they are or what they're doing.
1: Very true. And Tammy, the answer is no. Uh,
2: <laughs> uh, uh, I was going to ask Josh. Um, if he had to work. Tomorrow. No, the answer is still no.
0: Oh, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, Tammy. What? No, we're, 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 joking, we're joking here. I mean, all, all seriousness. No, is all I So we're, we're going off the show notes here. Uh, there, there's sort of a a rolling gag here in the show that, uh, you know, Tammy requests days off every so often. She, she's got a lot going extracurricular wise and uh, uh, Tony and, and myself don't quite have uh, a, as full of a life as Tammy does. Uh, so she gets a few more days off uh, throughout the year than we do. Uh, But we always make fun when she she asks for a day off from the show uh, because we don't ever take a day off.
1: Thank God the main Uh, team is here to keep this show going.
2: I'm actually going to have to, well, probably throughout the year I will be asking for more time off because... I swear um, to God, if I hear the
0: words (laughs) leave of absence, I'm going to come out, I'm going to (laughs) drive out there and strangle you myself.
2: No, not leave of absence, but so... um, Remember when I was in Uari and I did that Daniel trail and I it was like that really hard obstacle and there was this young kid Mitch who was spotting me up and he was like the best spotter ever. Anyway, he's he's actually overseas right now. Um thank you for your service. Ooh, he's yeah. um in the military and he's somewhere not in America. And he wants he goes to Winrock and which is Winrock Off Road Park in Tennessee. And he's talking about going in April. So as soon as he gets back, he's going to, I think the date's already been set. So I think I might have to take some time off in April. I for sure am going to have to take off, I think it's May 9th. I will put that on the calendar because Carolina Trails Off-Road and, you know, that's Brian with Route 16, Brian, the president of Carolina Trails Off-Road, and Nikki G., and um, one of our listeners, Willie Wagon, um, the Uwari Off Road Spring Invasion. I will be attending that, and then on a August eighth, I will be going to oh, see. Oh, just Hootie around and- the corner. Yes, just, I will it's be just a to- couple weeks away. <laughs> yes, so I will be going to see Hootie and the Blowfish. The band is getting back together, and I heard I'm really like, excited. Actually, yeah. yeah. And actually, my husband went to high school with Darius Rucker. so No way. Yes. He he was, um, I think, two years younger than him. And so, he, he was good friends with uh, my husband's younger brother. So, hopefully, we're going to reach out to him and maybe we can go backstage and I can meet him. And I will not call him Hootie because that's a big pet peeve of he, his. Yes. No, uh, don't do that.
1: Right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, do you think you can get a Jeep Talk Show sticker on something and take a picture? You know, maybe a forehead. Oh, yeah. you get a
0: Jeep Talk Show sticker on his guitar. That would be great. Oh yeah, I'll- <laughs> right on the side of the of the show bus.
2: You know, right? Having- exactly. So those are just a few of the things that I'm working on. But um, I'm it's very okay. excited.
1: It's okay and approved if you can do the sticker thing. So right. Just okay, this, I'll just saying. Oh, and <laughs> you remember how not, the you remember how the the stickers? The, I mean the the the, the uh, pieces of paper it said "kick me." Same thing, but do it with the Jeep Proxxer right, stick sticker.
2: It, right. Stick it on his guitar. <laughs> no, on go. his back. Oh, okay. Um, so, anyway, I'm really excited. I know um, Winrock has some badge of honors. Um, it's a huge off-road park. It's in Tennessee. Um, so, I hope that works out for April. So, Anyway, another thing that's happening, and it happened last year. I think we talked about this before, but I don't remember. And I never went and got it fixed, but it's doing it again. When the temperature reaches like a certain point, it's like it has to be below like 35. And I turn my heat on in the morning, and it's this high pitched noise on my heater. And, but when you turn it like full blast, it doesn't do it. It's just a certain level and it's a certain temperature. And I have googled everywhere. and I found one person who had the same problem. It was on a Jeep forum and he was asking for help and nobody answered him. So I mean it's actually I,
0: kind of a common problem. I mean I, I know about it at least. I know there's there's, there's three known issues in the JKs, JKUs that um, with, the, with the, the HVAC system. Uh, and, and specifically a noise issue. Um, one of them is is the blower motor itself, um, and this is popping up more and more on Grand Cherokees. But I've been seeing some reports about how they used the same blower motor in the JKUs as they did in, uh-huh. the, in the Grand Cherokees, and there was a technic uh, a technical service bulletin for the Grand Cherokee uh, fan motor. Whether or not there uh. was one for for the JKU, I didn't see. But if they were using the same motor and some similar problems happen, you know, I could I could see how that might you know sort of bleed over um, right. and, and cause that. So uh, unfortunately, the repair for for that is anywhere between three and six hundred dollars. Uh, yeah. So yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, buyer beware. Um, the other uh, known issue is the the recirculation, the fresh air blend door, the the one that sort of blocks the the air coming from the outside into the Jeep right. or you know vice versa. That door, it's it's sort of vacuum controlled, and and there's there's just a little you know motor um, that 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 turns this door and closes it open and close kind of like a cat door or a dog door, um, right. you know on your on, on your door, and and it's the bottom edge of this little uh, vent door that is not sealing uh, completely. Uh, whether it's warped or whether it just it doesn't close all the way uh, the reports are are sort of uh, a little vague as to what is exactly happening or what's causing the exact problem the fix is going to be a little tricky you're basically going to have to feed in a little bit of weather stripping in behind the glove box in through that little you know that in that ducting behind that that little mesh right there it's not going to be easy you're going to have to do it with tweezers it, it's 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 going to be a mess but that is the fix there or replacing that whole assembly which again is going to cost you like a grand
1: oh uh, it's a the perfect time to wait uh 20 years for nanobots and they yeah. can go in there and, uh, and do yeah. all that
0: so uh, tammy that the, the spot that we're talking about you were just there it's right behind the glove box right. that's where that that's where that door is that, that that we're talking about um so the other issue that m- is likely a little bit more common is the actual ducting itself behind the dash. There's a lot of tubes and stuff that all connect each event to the heater box itself. And each of those tubes all kind of have to match up and and align. And and each of those seams and everything have to, you know, made up just perfect. And over the years and with trail use and stuff like that, potholes and everything else, those connections kind of get worked loose a little bit. Uh, They're not supposed to, but they can. And when you start getting a little bit of a, of a gap in the ducting, well, that can either blow air or suck air and, and create some, some issues. Now, I've heard of some other people saying it was just I had a one vent that was closed and it was causing a weird pressure issue in the rest of the system. And, and all they have to do is just aim and, and adjust the vents to where they're all pointing and open a certain way and the, and the issue goes away. So, uh, another person said, I, I'd heard uh, say something about like how, oh, the wife had just rolled the window down like a sixteenth of an inch and I never knew it, and never noticed. And yeah, it never I got rolled back up too. and it was like two weeks and the guy was, you know. It, yeah, so it's it's one of those things to where you're going to have to come, go around and, and find out exactly where it's coming from. Is it coming from the motor? Is it coming from the ducts? Is it coming from the vent itself or is it coming from a little bit deeper? Is this, uh, you know, a more mechanical sound that I'm hearing or is this just... Airflow sound that I'm hearing, so you have to do a little bit of troubleshooting, and, and hopefully, you'll be able to uh, diagnose the problem. And well, now you know kind of what you need to do to fix it.
1: Have you uh, have you noticed this uh, this squealing noise uh, in in other vehicles? Like when you were at Moab and you were uh, high, and I know you're fearful of heights, so maybe it was just uh, no. The only you time being I scared hear it. and uh, yeah, squealing. no, I've
2: never <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> no, it wasn't me screaming. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, I when I turn off the heater, it, it goes away. Yeah. It's no, it's only, just it's just the yeah. bearing
1: uh, that's in there, and it's vibrating at yeah. a certain uh, revolutions per minute, and you know, and,
2: I, and it's only during you, you can the probably when it's really I don't know uh,
1: you'd have to look at it. You can probably get. Uh, get a uh, a line from WD-40 can in there and, and squirt it uh, while it's uh, making the noise and, and squirt right. it until it goes away. And then it'll smell like uh, WD-40 in your cabin right. for, for the next six months.
2: <laughs> so what I do is I either turn the radio up really loud or I just turn it on super high or I just turn it on, and I get really hot. I have to take my coat off or I just turn it on really low and I really fast to get wherever i'm going so I,
1: wonder I, how, I wonder how they uh, adjust the rpms on those settings because it'd be that would be another way to do it and if you could just uh you know actually Tammy, this is a lot like death wobble uh the thing is wobbling and that's why it's squealing it, right if you change the rpm the squeal would uh, would change right. and, and potentially go away if you could actually change the setting and i don't know how they do it i don't think they use resistors anymore but
2: maybe they do I'm, I'm just going to deal with it, unless somebody out there knows of some quick, easy, no-cost fix.
1: Yeah, it's worth the hell out of it with WD-40. It'll last for a while. If you could get graphite in there, you'd be doing really good.
0: Tammy, uh, you, you could do this yourself uh, and, and save yourself several hundred dollars. Uh, I'm just saying that the dealership to replace your blower motor oh, is yeah. going to charge you three to $600. Oh, you can, um, but on, on that, TJ, that is something...
1: On the TJ, you can pull the blower motor out really easy. I mean, the battery's in the way, uh, but it, you take it out from inside the the uh, the engine bay. I took uh, well, the, I, took one out the other day out of my daughter's 2001, checking the wiring on it, and uh, it, it, I mean, 15, 30 minutes, it was out, so I could put a new one in there easily.
2: Well, I did do a YouTube search on it, and, and I got distracted after I found one video because I was at work. But it was a video of how to replace your blower motor, and I'm like, oh, okay, and it was all in Japanese or Chinese, and I'm like, okay, forget this. So
1: did, were, then, they, were they removing it uh, from the, the firewall under the hood? Because that's the way the TJ is.
2: I didn't even watch the whole thing. Oh, okay. I just watched like the first five seconds, and I didn't understand what he was saying. Oh, God. So I just, Could you yeah.
1: imagine getting to the uh, all the uh, <laughs> AC stuff, Josh, and the XJ that easy? It was, no. uh, I mean, it was no, just, yeah. it was just the blower motor, but still, uh, it's, it's neat that you can re- replace the blower motor in the, at least the TJs so easily. All right. Well, uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier, uh, I was, uh, putting, uh, the Bill Stein, is it Bill Stein or Billy Stein, Billy Stone, Bill Steen. Okay. Uh, the, uh, uh, the stickers on my brand new shocks, you know, I, I mentioned, uh, uh, I think a while back that uh, one of the I don't know exactly what it's called, the little rubber grommet type thing. I don't guess it's a grommet but the little rubber thing that that goes uh, holds the, the the bracket that bolts to the top of the jeep. Uh, that little rubber thing separated from my shock on the uh, passenger mm-hmm. side. So it's made a rattling noise. I mean, it's, it's not going anywhere because it you know it's it's still uh, yeah. uh, a circle that's around that that mount point, so it, it just but it rattles. And I've been needing to change those uh, those shocks for a long time. And I'll just mention this: those shocks are the ones that came with the Rough Country lift kit. Holy cow! And you know how long? I think it was two thousand five yeah. when I. Why is
2: that a holy cow? Well,
1: Rough Country is not known for the quality of their of their equipment, right? And uh, it wasn't too much longer after I got that kit that they they had some issues with their their shocks. Mm-hmm. but i've had those shocks in there what
0: 13 almost 14 years i can't believe that just fine That is unreal i mean I you, you, those are probably the oldest rough country shocks on the road i swear
1: yeah so uh i'll be pulling those out and also too i'm i'm probably one of the very few xj owners uh that uh didn't break the bolts whenever the uh, those were put in so oh I'm wow gonna, i'm gonna see if i if i have that same luck uh again uh it's, it's i won't it's always been down here in Texas, so
0: maybe maybe I will. I went with the bar pin eliminators, fished in some bolts.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got an air hammer. I'll, I'll uh, do quick work of those uh, uh, those broken bolts if it breaks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm hoping that I can, if for another reason, that I can come on here and go, yep, took them bolts out that came out lickety-split, didn't break. And <laughs> just, just to have people
0: hating on me out there because they right. always yeah.
1: break. It doesn't matter if it's a TJ or an XJ. They always break. They should have made those bolts bigger. Are you gonna
0: are you are you gonna tempt fate or are you gonna get under there and and throw a little PB blaster on them?
1: I don't know that that will do
0: any good. Oh,
1: and how I, I and mean, how long do you have to leave it on there? It. i probably yeah, I probably would do. It probably would be best just to get the 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 torch and heat them up. Uh, but I hate doing that stuff right next to the fuel tank.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was gonna see, you have the gas tank right there. So I want to be a little careful if that's what you're going to do.
1: <laughs> you know, what'd be really nice is to have one of those little induction coils. Uh, oh, those things are cool. You know, where you could just put it up there and yeah. heat, heat up the bolt. And then I uh, the probably, The
0: boys, uh, cooked some hot dogs with one of those, uh, on their show back, back in the day.
1: Yeah, they certainly did. Anyway, so I got those shocks. They came in today and, uh, it's it's going to be nice. I'll have the fifty one hundred series uh, shocks all the way around now.
0: Very good and um, very good choice, Tony. Those are that's going to be a massive improvement to you. I can't wait to to hear the reports on the uh, the drive quality improvement. I think it'll be
1: rougher because they they definitely are stiffer than what the rough countries were.
0: Oh no, I think you're going to find uh, you're you're going to find the opposite. I think.
1: Oh no, when I put those on the front, uh, it was definitely uh, a lot uh, sharper a sh- sharper feel. Uh, but but i think my my tires were hopping i was getting cupping on the mud terrains mm, yep so uh I, I needed that something that would keep at, at highway speeds that would keep those mud terrains yeah. you know on the ground Down and not bouncing pavement, yeah. yeah so but it was it was a no, notable uh sharpness to the the the, Interesting. the feel and but you know i keep saying this i'm not complaining it is a four wheel drive it yeah. is it is right. not a comfort vehicle it's <laughs> made to go anywhere <laughs> And as long as it doesn't, as long as I don't have to rest up for a week before I can drive it again, it's fine. Not a Cadillac. That's right. That's exactly right.
0: Exactly. Hey, we want you to join in on the campfire side chat. Come up, pull a chair and have some fun with us. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out to us and join in on the fun. Now let's get into some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about an event that you know about, a word that you're putting on. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com slash contact, fill out our wheeling wear form. Come straight to us and we'll get the information out on the air. Coming up January 25th through the 27th, the California Four Wheel Drive Association is presenting their Winter Fun Festival in Grass Valley, California. And happening January 17th through the 19th in Washington at the Washington County Fairgrounds in Hurricane Utah, it is the Desert Roads and Trail Society presenting their winter 4x4 Jamboree. Uh, this one is really cool, guys. Uh, it has a lot of good stuff going on, and they are donating uh, to a lot of really good charities as well. Raised over $41,000 last year, so uh, some good stuff happening there. And here's an early bird's heads up, guys. King of the Hammers dates have been announced. The week-long off-road race, the world-known-around race, is going to be beginning February 1st, 2019, with the opening of Hammertown in Johnson Valley, California. This is a world-class event. If you don't know about it, check it out. We'll have the links to these events and all the others you've ever heard about in the show notes for the episode that you're listening to. That's it for the show for this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure that you're locked in with our free subscription so that you don't miss a thing. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. (coughs) Jingle Jeep, jingle Jeep, take off your top. Jingle your lights and jingle your brights. Crawling in the mall and having some fun. Now the jingle Jeep won't even run. Jingle Jeep, jingle Jeep, take off your top. Jingle rocks bash and jingle Jeeps crash. Bouncin' and trouncing your way down the trail. There goes my rock rail. When it's Jeep in time, it's creepin' time to crawl right over those rocks. Jingle jeep time is a fun time to see if we can't blow out these shocks. Come on, jingle jeep, why won't you start? I turn the key and you just fart. Jingle mingle in the jingling jeep. That's the jingle jeep's heart
2: i since 2010.